What's up, everybody? Welcome to Non-Refungible Podcast. I am Nate Digital, sitting here with Cryer and Yaba. And today we have a special interview with Cypher. He is the creator of Void Attractors and Consensus Heartbeats. So let's just get into it. Hey, nice, nice to Cypher. be here. Thanks for joining <laughs> Thank us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry for getting you up so early. Oh, it's uh, all right. Just Here's drinking some content. coffee. It's yeah, part of the really. job. I mean, are you a DJ if you don't? Yeah, you know, exactly. If you don't get up early, you don't go to bed late. Yeah. And there's really no time in, in crypto. Yeah, it's it always is. <laughs> Discord and Twitter 24-7. That's right. Absolutely. So, yeah, we actually, uh, we owe Cryer um, everything for getting us into the Void Attractors. Actually, Cryer, where did you even uh, find these bad boys? Um, so I was, uh, you know, perusing Twitter midday, being a usual DGen type situation. And um, Andy, the guy who runs Fractional.art, I think it's his name's Andy. Uh, let's see here. Andy8052 had posted, um, like, check these things out. They're about to mint or whatever. So I looked into it. And that was for the first project. That was for Void Attractors. And um, I hadn't seen it before. And it just really caught my eye. I really enjoy I'm, I really like enjoy abstract art anyways. Um, a lot of the stuff I had collected uh, is just, you know, abstract type art anyway. So um, I instantly kind of fell in love with those. And then I've, uh, I got, I got two of those and uh, they had a recent release for the um, consensus heartbeat, which is like a part of a four part unraveling series. And uh, those I got one of as well. So I'm, I'm super happy about them, but uh, it was just kind of a stumble you know, on Twitter randomly searching for shit it is crypto twitter man that's right it's necessary <laughs> so powerful for things just like that well we're also big uh gen art fans so oh yeah for sure yeah the voids were super cool but um yeah cypher do you want to tell us a little bit about your background maybe like what kind of got you into maybe nfts or into generative art uh yeah sure um so in terms of crypto itself, I've been in this scene for quite a while. Um, I think from like late 2016. I've I've known about Bitcoin since since its inception, actually, but I never <clears throat> looked into it deeply. And then I remember in 2013 or 12, when I was looking at the charts, I remember saying to a friend, "Oh." This is useless. This is all driven by speculation. <laughs> you say when you were twelve? No, no, when two thousand and twelve. Oh, two thousand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have some young uh, traders yeah, in our youngins. group, so. Oh, really? Come yeah. On. yeah. <laughs> and they know um, their stuff too. Yeah, definitely. You, you definitely shouldn't yeah, underestimate somebody based on their age. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I've been in in crypto for quite a while, and. Um, Specifically, I've been following generative art within the crypto space since like last, um, I guess, September probably, nice. October. So for right. quite a quite a while, really, like a lot before then. You know, the big bubble in March, and then the another bubble that's just happened where everything has been going up. Um, so I have, and uh, you know, I follow it quite closely. So I have, I feel, I have a very good understanding of. Um, where the space has been, where it's moving, etc., etc. But generally, outside of crypto, I'm a, I'm a scientist by training, and most of my work um, is sort of a mix of um, theoretical work and empirical work, and it involves a lot of coding. So I'm very comfortable with, the, yeah, <laughs> coding up things. Gotcha. Oh, so so no copy paste on <laughs> this one, huh? <laughs> No open C contracts. <laughs> yeah, no open C contracts that like copy paste fail. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh it's the real deal. This is, le this is legit coding and, and that's that's so interesting, man. And I feel like that's so underrated right now in the community because uh people don't really understand the, the back end of what it takes to, to do something like this. Yeah, it's um so specifically for uh so i do not have a background in for example uh, making websites or uh deploying solidity contracts and stuff like that so this is 
these are things I've learned in the last couple of months when I decided I want to do this. And it, it is really, if you want to be what is called a, like a full stack developer where you, you're, um, you know, you know how to set up a website, you know how to set up a contract, you know how to interact with OpenSea as well, and then you know how to actually make the art itself. This this just requires so many different skills, and it's it's quite a pain, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's always worth it in the end, but it, it is quite a pain, especially if you're uh, doing things. Sorry, if you're you know learning on the go, as they say. Yeah. So um, so you taught yourself solidity. Yeah. I mean, I wow. think most most people who yeah uh, know solidity. Yeah. It's so early. Oh, so I, like, well, I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no college courses. I, I don't even. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hop over my I mean, yeah, there there are like, thing. yeah, there are online like you know tutorials and stuff. But you know, with any programming language, if you yeah, follow a tutorial, that's never enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've I've done my fair share of uh, what plant zombies and doggo games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it doesn't cut the mustard. It doesn't know. <laughs> that's funny. Was it was it was it difficult to? Did you find it difficult, or was it relatively straightforward? Um, <clears throat> I would say Solidity for me was a lot easier to grasp than um, fucking uh, JavaScript uh, React uh, frameworks. I, I, st I, st I, I still don't fully understand all the... Uh, uh, Intricacies. You know, I, I, yeah, I am quite a newbie when it comes to web development and understanding how exactly some yeah let's say more sophisticated uh, aspects of combining contracts with a website specifically work uh, i've been able to do what i did obviously um but th there are some projects um sorry th there are a lot more sophisticated ways how you could uh, tackle uh drafting a contract with a website gotcha and yeah were you uh were you an artist already or is this pretty much just like all part of your like background like the data scientist um or is it something that you were passionate about um like drawing and stuff like that before as well um i i would say i've always appreciated um something that is so i, I will first say that um th there is some <clears throat> on the surface level and, and maybe also more deeper there is a similarity between how you approach creating an art, an art project and how you approach doing science yeah. So in both in both cases, in some sense, you, you end up with some output. So in art, if you're doing like visual art, you, you know you, you have your uh, visual piece that somebody sees, somebody else sees. In science, you typically you uh, write a a paper, a, a scientific paper for a journal, yeah. and uh, in that paper you would uh, create some figures, right? Mm -hmm. Some some data would be displayed, and typically, <clears throat> the one of the goals, at least of a good paper, is always to convey a very clear message with yes. the figures, so with the visual output. And visual art, in that sense, is very similar. So you know, you have you create something, and that something needs to be understood by somebody else, and you want to evoke a certain understanding or a certain feeling or a certain piece of information. Um, so there is, yeah, there, there is a interesting parallel there that's quite, uh, I would say, underappreciated by some people. Um, yeah, man, I, I've never really even drawn, drew that connection, man. I mean, both yeah. scientists and artists start with a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's probably the dip, most difficult place to start. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah, one interesting thing how it quite it differs quite substantially is that. So if you're doing science, right, you're always um, piggybacking off of somebody else's work. You know, there's some body of information that exists, and you're trying to uh, you're trying to a use that. Upon. As, yeah, exactly. Or expand, or extend, or, or disprove, or whatever. Exactly. And and you you have similar. You can do something similar in within uh, art. You know, you you can be inspired by somebody, and you can. Uh, do something similar that is inspired by somebody else, and and that happens all the time. But uh, you can also just do something completely from scratch in quotation marks. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah, that's an interesting difference between both. Very cool. Um. So, uh, what is 
you know, what inspired you to create these these types of pieces? Uh, anything specifically or in the space? I know you said you had started since like September of last year. So, is there any any projects that were were something that you were really uh, inspired by? Um, the sort of the reason why. I, so, so for me, unraveling is is a, is a general project. I know. I know. Typically, you know, when there's an NFT project, people will buy a particular uh, piece within a project, such as let's say water tracker, circus senses, heartbeats. Yeah. And uh, and you know, and I understand that I, I you know I buy NFTs all the time myself and trade them and blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in my head, unraveling is just a bigger project, and within unraveling, there are several uh, NFTs which tell parts of the story and uh, I had to do that because each project um, relies on different things in the solidity contract so I, 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 I if I could if I would have just made everything one project one contract but to do what I want to do that was not possible yeah, so that was just yeah that was just an explanation as to why um, I will talk about unraveling as opposed to talking about water tractors or, or uh, consensus heartbeats. But the reason why I cre- created that is because, um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's if, if, yeah. You've been, if you've been following the scene for, for, for a while now or over the last year, it's sort of converged on a couple of like uh, pillars, let's call them, of, of how NFT projects look like. So you have the mass... Uh, profile face picture projects and you have the art block style projects and art blocks itself and then you have sort of the niche um the niche let's say um generic art. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's 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 similar to art blocks in the sense that it's generative but different in the sense that it's trying to do something novel and something yeah. unique uh with what's what the, the medium enables you to and my the, the reason I made it is because I wanted to <clears throat> so basically look at what do these things have in common and where are they still sort of very much aligned with this traditional um, approach to art and how can I take that and just change it and, and re- try and redefine um, what, what what is an art project on or... Yeah how individual aspects, uh, how we use um, solidity or how we use or think about something being an on-chain generative art project, how can, how can I u- u- utilize those ideas and concepts and just like turn them on their head? Light bulb that. just clicked. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think that kind of goes directly into like your point with Void Attractors is like you want it to be like a participative art collection right you wanted to have people yeah who didn't know how to do solidity or anything like that um have to um reconstruct um the uh, uh on like put it you have to put the artwork on chain itself correct right? ex- ex- exactly yeah yeah okay. so sorry I, w- I was i was gonna say uh can we go back and just clarify something real quick yeah. you said it was based on three pillars of of the how the space is looking now right Which yeah is, and that that just resonated with me because you have the void attractors and then you have the consensus heartbeat am i wrong in saying that and the consensus heartbeat which we'll we'll talk more about that i guess in along in this series uh interview but the consensus heartbeat is based on traffic that is going through the blockchain right Our yeah. transactions and the yeah. heartbeat gets uh, at least from what i read and the heartbeats you know saw slower or faster based on you know people rushing to it right now and that it kind of reflects pfp projects are the big project drops that are happening right now people are rushing to mint right yeah so what so what would the pillar of the void uh, attractor be? Oh, so just to uh, clarify, uh, I, I didn't mean it in that exact sense. Uh, so I, I just meant to say that you have these three streams of NFT projects that exist within the space. 
so PFP uh, art generative. blocks styled, yeah, generative art, and then the more niche generative artists that are doing something novel with solidity. And um, you fall on that last pillar because you're trying to. Yeah, exactly. I fall in that last pillar, and then, but I'm at the same time also trying to uh, sort of reflect, you know, on what are what do these three things still have in common with yeah. more traditional art, and how can we turn those things on their head? Yeah, and kind of like bridge the gap uh, into the like traditional art scene through like that. You know, art is a you know as a whole is you know can be just a reflection on the current times and stuff like that. That's one of the you know that's why I really enjoy your pieces too because it's you know it's almost like you know especially with the success art beats it's like you have thirteen of them that are you know historical blocks and like yeah. you're trying it, it's that that sense of um, encapsulating our current time in a art piece and exactly, I, I, yeah. I really enjoy that aspect. So that was the idea, yeah. And and to answer your uh, question, so the idea with um, consensus heartbeats, partially at least, was to uh, actually one of the first um, thoughts that I had as to why I wanted to do it in that particular way was because of uh, PFP projects. Because you know when you um, when something launches, gas shoots up like crazy, and then Nobody can mint and everybody gets wrecked and then it slowly starts decaying down. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about that a bit and realized, oh, actually this, you know, you could use this as a as a measure of activity in the same way when you uh, when you run, go for a jog, your heart uh, rate goes up because you need to supply more, uh, the blood needs to flow to supply more oxygen to the muscles and more um, nutrients. And in a similar way, um, gas prices uh, reflect, you know, how many people are trying to do a particular thing, and and the network itself needs to respond to that. It's so like the, the stress on the network, just how exa- they would be like a, exactly, like a, yeah, like a deer in the it, woods hearing something yeah. and having to fight or flight type situation. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. And it, record, and it records that particular point in time that, that happens. Yes. Yeah, so just yeah, so just to explain, because I think maybe this well, I have explained it in in a couple of blog posts on Twitter, but I realize it's just um, it's a lot to grasp because people don't typically do <laughs> projects like that. I, I I just turned into that guy in the art gallery talking to the <laughs> artist, telling him what his piece means, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, don't get me wrong, I'm yeah. very yeah. happy. No, no, I I just meant yeah. to to clarify uh, so it's clear. So basically, yeah. each um, piece is a um, so the the visual and the audio output is um, created by a a um, sequence of blocks. So I, I scraped historical activity from Ethereum. So of those pieces, so of all of the things I've scraped, I scraped thirteen specific events, which are the ones that have been discussed uh, in the Discord. So like the Genesis block, the, um, the DAO hack block, etc., etc. And then I take um, seven consecutive blocks based on those pieces or based on some random pieces. And then I take um, three different uh, uh, three different types of information from either block. And this is like the gas price, how many transactions they were, and how much total gas was used. So these are like three related but distinct pieces of information that you always have within any Ethereum block. And those were used to generate all the visual um, or most of the visual and all the audio uh, output. And that and that's so, how they differ. So that's that's interesting. Can you go back and like so for you if you buy a particular piece or a specific yeah. piece, can yeah. you go back or can you look at that piece and see, oh, well, this is the DAO hack piece? Can I tell from yeah. just... Um, so yes and yeah, yes and no. <laughs> okay. It's uh, tough. Okay. It's yeah. tough, yeah, exactly. So so basically... How did, go ahead, sorry. sorry. How long did it take for someone to, to find it? Because that was part of his... Uh, you had like a little contest for it, right? Exactly. So, okay. yeah. Can we, can we back up just a little bit? Because I feel like maybe some people might get lost. You, yeah, have, sure. you have two projects. 
mm-hmm. in the Unraveling series right now, and it's a collection yeah. of how many? Three? Four in total. It, 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 are all four out? Uh, no, we're halfway through now. So we have two. And the yeah. first one is the Void Attractors, which yep. is, I've read up on that site, and that's some very heavy stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, and then the second one is the consensus heartbeat, which we just talked about. Yep. Yep. So the void attractors one, that's very interesting to me because is that completed or not? Could, could we maybe touch on that? Go back and then go forward. Yeah. So, sorry for uh, jumping around like that. So um, with void attractors, so I, I've yet to mint the code on chain. I've not done that because I've, I've had. Uh, a real life come in between the last couple of weeks. And it's been okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about buying one and I know that yeah. that's finality, right? Uh, I mean, yes, it is finality, though that finality does not affect, I think, you purchasing it. I would, I, well, I, I don't know, but I would think you can buy it either before or after, right, on OpenSea. Um, but so with Void Attractor. So you haven't announced, so there's other elements to the Void Attractors that you haven't announced to the public yet. Exactly, yeah. So these are, yeah, So, but just to clarify what I mean by that, uh, I, I just mean that there are, um, like, um, let me think of this, so, so, so certain things were done in a particular way for a particular reason. <laughs> yeah. Let's say a surprise. Let's yeah, say like, a surprise. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay. That's a fair, yeah. fair, fair way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. Now, your void attractors, that included. Now, what is that? So, the consensus heartbeat was like gas based or, you yeah. know, the rate of gas. What was the void attractors yeah. based so, off of? Yeah. So, what, so, Wood attractors didn't have anything to do with uh, Ethereum activity of any kind, so to speak, right? So nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, it was mainly a um, statement, let's say. So I don't know how much you guys know about visual illusions, but um, so sometimes when you um, arrange visual information in a particular way, um, so if you for example, if you put a lot of lines together in a particular way, in your particular angles, um, you can experience something other than the fact that you're viewing lines. You experience um, a whole structure, so to speak. Like so your visual I, system of your body is, is collecting exactly. too much information and, and is, is um, distorting what you're actually seeing. Little optical illusion. Little optical illusion style. Exactly. Yeah. So with attractors, yeah, are they're not necessarily a, void, a visual illusion per se, but it goes in that line because it makes you perceive something other than the fact that what uh, they are are just a line with an arrow, right? Yeah. That's what all of them are composed at their core, and the key difference between them is um, how they were arranged and this is determined by the angles and how densely they are arranged and so and and these factors then influence what you visually observe and then depending on what how it is arranged in the end uh, different structures emerge and this is all because your visual system just works that way and it's, you know it's quite yeah. fascinating on my void attractor, yeah. personally, I love it because it uh, it's when I zoom in really far, it looks like little fingerprints everywhere. And uh, <laughs> which which I, one do you have? I have I have two, but uh, the one I'm talking referring to is uh, number three. Ah, cool. Um, but it's uh, like a red red and white one, and, and it when I zoom in really far, it looks like little fingerprints everywhere. And I, I that's one of my one of my favorite pieces out of all my pieces, actually. Mm. Yeah, that does look cool. I'm looking at it now. Uh, I see. Yeah. But uh, so, good. I was just gonna say there are elements to this because this is 100% on chain. Is that how I I gather it? Uh, so these things that I was referring to just now have nothing to do with 
it being on chain. Uh, it just has to do with um, um, the visual art piece. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe, or maybe even the concept behind the project rather than anything else. I think that's yeah. okay. the the the, the um, clearest way of saying it. So, so the theme. Yeah. Sort of yes. The other the other yeah. side of what you're talking about is the the you have a choice to either leave your file hosted currently or ri- have it written to the blockchain. Um, yes. So that was part of the participation aspect, and I think we mentioned it a little bit earlier where he was able to have it hosted, and then you had to reconstruct it and write your own um, you know, contract to as a subcontract on the void, void attractors contract that the reconstructor allowed you to put your specific piece uh, on chain. Yes. Uh, so there, there were three elements, right? It yeah. was minting it then minting your reconstructor on the chain and then you writing the code to close it, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I, I will, I will explain this a bit more. Um, it's yeah, it's, it, it's tricky because I think, um, one thing I have realized that I didn't appreciate before I started all of this is just how much uh, uh, miscommunication is in, 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 in NFT art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can, I can imagine. <laughs> you see me, I'm asking a thousand questions, right? <laughs> no, no, but, but no, it's I know it's it's um, I think it's just a reflection of the space rather than anything else. You know, people yeah. people use terms. We use the same words, but they actually we mean completely different things. And yep. it's it's very tricky to uh, you know you would need a dictionary <laughs> yeah. for people that that people could like you know for us to have a conversation where we would all make sure that we are speaking about the same things. So we need to have a dictionary where each of us would be able to look up into okay, yeah. what do you mean by on chain? Okay, yeah. what do you mean by generative art? And we would be able to you know um, have a conversation where we are sure that we are talking about the same things and this is just something when i started this i just didn't appreciate how much miscommunication there is in this space and it's, it's just mind-boggling um but Got just it. to yeah and just to answer your question so the reason i'm saying this is because uh it's yeah when i wrote out these three um aspects that you mentioned i just saw how much confusion there was among the community and you know these are people who genuinely wanted to understand and be a part of and, and you know and they are and they have an understanding but uh and i've wrote a lot in the discord and twitter as well to try and clarify as much as possible but it's, it's a tricky endeavor um so so uh yeah the minting was the first part that just as with any nft project you mint your piece and that's it and then this is where most nft projects stop and then when you have a generative, uh, sorry, an on-chain generative art project, like so let's say an art blocks project, so what they do is they take their um, the code that the artist wrote and they mint this into the contract of the art blocks platform. Um, so in my case, um, because one of the goals that I had with Void Attractors is to decentralize this understanding of the algorithm that I created to make them. Uh, and by decentralized, I mean I wanted somebody else or several people to try and attempt to rewrite it. And for that, I wrote out a reward, which I, I don't remember the exact percentage. I think it was 4% or something like that of the primary sales and the secondary royalties. Um, so, and I gave a deadline like uh, 60 days i think for people to be able to do that which just um, ended recently right which ended recently exactly and then i said okay after this deadline ends i will be minting this code into the contract uh but then i <laughs> had to move house and just my life has been a bit of a blur recently so i've, I've not yet done that but i will be doing it very uh, shortly so and once that is done it means that the code that was used to generate the pieces will be on chain so and then and the third element there is to mint the reconstructor and that is simply a um combination of color and uh the parameter values uh that's tied to a particular void attractor 
and you mint that on chain as a string in the same way how some projects allow you to name your NFT. Um, I don't like hash masks, I think, allow you to yeah. name your NFT. Um, this is a similar idea to uh, naming, but you're not assigning an arbitrary name. You're assigning the um, the parameter values and the color values of your avoid attractor. And it's kind of like is, writing your own code sequence to the Ethereum ex- blockchain. Exactly. Yeah, as, like signa- could, yeah. as a signature, right? Yeah, a signature is the best. Uh, yeah, the best way of thinking about it. And and the thing with void attractors is that um, until you do that, so you do have the code available uh, or will be available shortly, as I was saying, minted. Uh, but until that is minted, you're not actually able to reconstruct it uh, gotcha. from on chain. It's like it's like a uh, I separated the on chainness, so to speak, into two pieces, which is uh, one is the reconstructor and the other is the code itself. So typically projects. Um, so like on our blocks uh, and also in consensus heartbeats, you use um, either the transaction hash uh, of the minting process or you use the address. So like your Ethereum address to define a bunch of parameters and these parameters are then used to generate um, the piece. But the, yeah, there are different ways of how you can achieve that. Sorry, how you can tackle it. Very cool. Um, yeah, so so that's yeah that's an explanation for um, or rather yeah uh, yeah an explanation for these three steps. And the right, thing is, that, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. What? I was going to ask Cryer if he had done that yet. Have you done it yet? I have not. So I have two that are not completed yet. Um, yeah. And so you asked what is it? So yeah. I, I I did it in this way just because I wanted to stimulate the conversation about. Um, you know, so in, in the space, a lot of people value um, on-chain generated art mm-hmm. um, yeah. for for a good reason, because if it is on-chain, then in principle, you're going to be able to reconstruct it or recreate that piece as long as Ethereum is sticking. It's right? functioning. Yeah. So there are, there are a lot of caveats to that. So one caveat is whether um, the person who... Um, uh, sorry, whether the code that's minted has any external dependencies. And what I mean by that is, for example, our blocks, uh, a lot of projects use uh, uh, a library called P5.js, um, which is, uh, as far as I know, not actually on-chain. It's, uh, it's not been minted on-chain. So, uh, and the assumption there is that... Um, so... This library, P5.js, uh, is stored in, in, in something called this Arctic Vault, where it's uh, been recorded in some very fancy tape that's going to last for a thousand years. Mm. Uh, and the idea is that, okay, in principle, we are able to recreate this as long as uh, we have that internet. Or if we, yeah, or if we don't have exactly yeah, that library. Or if we don't have internet, we can go to this Arctic vault and extract it from there. Um, but generally, like I think most, if not all, generative art projects that um, uh, that are on chain um, are hosted on a website. Um, so there, the key difference is that you have all the information available in the Ethereum network to recreate them, but they typically are hosted uh, either on IPFS or uh, Airweave or some other platform. There is one subsector here that is different, which are uh, project projects like um, Soul Seedlings or I think uh, Alastars or uh, Hideki's Cypher. These projects are written within Solidity. Um, so it's Solidity code that generates the pieces. Nice. And, and that's quite different. So I have to admit, I'm not entirely sure how it works on a technical level in the sense whether um, OpenSea reads um, the Solidity code from the contract directly or whether it is routed through a website. Yeah, like is that, that yeah. like audio, audio glyphs? Is that 
and I like that too. Audioglyphs. I'm not yeah. sure how exactly they work. My impression would be so. Yeah, don't hold me to my word for this, but I would imagine that they are. Um, let's see. Quickly. So I think it, uh, unlikely because it's tricky to get fully on-chain audio. So yeah. Def Beef does that, and he he they are able to do it because. Um, they're very good at um, um, what they're doing. You know, they're yeah, extremely exactly. elegant coders that were able to put all that data yeah. into that small of a space, pretty much, right? Ex- exactly. That's that's a very nice way of putting it. So I'm not. I, I'm just not sure about Onyglyphs. Um, potentially, I, I I haven't looked at it. I really like that project, but uh, yeah. it's been a while since I thought about it. So yeah. I also don't know whether they're on they're the uh, or not. On the front here, if if you know anyone else is listening that is like trying to be a, a generative artist, any any tips or or uh, or uh, little tricks of the trade that you would recommend, or anything you would like to like recommend looking at, um, I would say to try and understand some topic that you care about. So if you if you're interested in, um, you know. If you have a hobby and yeah. you really like that hobby, try understanding it on a deeper level and then think about is there a way of um, creating a generative art project out of that? Because there is an element of depth that you can bring to the table if you understand something deeply exactly. and, convey, and convey that in, in art. Um, obviously, you need to be able to code and the better you are at coding, the more complicated the things you make are. Yeah. But that that doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily have doesn't make to a great piece. It, it just has to you exactly. Know, yeah. yeah. Just because it's technical doesn't mean it's fantastic. You know. It's, exactly. It's like, yeah. They have to work in combination of each other. Yeah. Exactly. So, like consensus hardware specifically, for example, they're quite simple visually. Yeah. But there is a big back technical. end. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I have a quick question. Um, when you're making the gen art stuff, do you have an idea of what it might look like going into it? Or is it more of like a um, trial and error type thing? Or you just put in all the figures and see what spits out as someone who doesn't know anything about coding or in gen art? Yeah, depends. So, for example, for my next project, so the f- third one, I had an idea as to how I would like to do it very quickly in terms of the visuals um, for consensus heartbeats and for um, with the trackers, I have to iterate through uh, layers, let's say, of how exactly they're going to look like. So for all of them, I have... He's being so, a true scientist, doing a lot of trial <laughs> and error. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have a story that I want to tell with unraveling. And I know what each project within that story will be about and why. Um, how exactly the visual output for these projects will look like wasn't determined at the beginning. It's for yeah, for the first two projects it was uh, a lot of trial and error to get it to where they were. Then for the third project it was actually a lot easier in the sense that I knew exactly what I wanted. Or trial and error it. as vis- like what they came out visually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and for the fourth one, I know exactly what I want to do technically from a solidity perspective, but I'm not exactly sure yet how it will um, look visually, which is a bit which is a bit different. Um, yeah. To, working backwards yeah. or or yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's working backwards, so to speak, Very from cool. the technicals to the visuals. Very cool. I'm I'm excited for those. I I like I said I've everyone in our discord is always like i, I mean i talk about void tractors and sour beats <laughs> all the time i feel like so yeah <laughs> so yeah. once you dive in you like yeah. see how deep this project is it's super yeah, cool it's super awesome yeah, there, yeah. there's yeah. sorry i was just gonna say you can now what you explain in it you really appreciate the labor and effort that went into it versus and and you you see that and i think that's part of art in the real world is well which gives it its value 
is the fact that people have labored intensively yeah. over it to create this piece versus maybe a PFP project. And that's not any shot at those guys because I'm sure they put effort in there too, but Little. they that. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the just depends on the product. A lot, there's a lot more cash grabs in the PFP space than there are in the it, it, space. It, I feel like it, exactly, and I, I just feel like those are things that stand the test of time because people can always relate to. Oh well, that that took this much effort to create, and you know, there's not many people that can create uh, a piece like this. So that was that's what brings the value to me, or and, and obviously the visual aesthetic of it too. But you know, that's. That's just interesting now that you kind of that we've kind of talked about the project to really understand what goes on. Like I never knew about Death Beef, for example. Mm. And, you know, yeah, I mean, those things. Those are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, took, so, and it took a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, different um, projects have different goals. So obviously with the uh, uh, PF, PFP projects of any kind, the goals are quite different. So, you know, some are straight crash grab, crash grabs, which, yeah, they, people do that because they can. Yeah. Um, other, other PFP projects are, um, they, they basically use the, the, um, the project itself as a funding mechanism for, for a brand, like what Bored Apes did. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are other projects that have done that. So, and now, you know, they, they, they have, if you if you think about in traditional uh, uh, like let's say you want to make a clothing brand today, um, mm-hmm. I mean I, I, I don't know <laughs> that much about how difficult it is to make a clothing brand, but I imagine it's difficult to get the type of sums that uh, board apes the board ape devs were able to get with uh, both board devs board apes and then mutant apes, uh, and now they sit on a you know on a sizable pile of cash that really enables them to build something really big if they yeah, want to for sure and and that's i think that's amazing that you're able to do that uh i have i have nothing against uh pfp projects the i think it's a very fascinating uh, uh yeah. it's a very fascinating social dynamic what they create and what they have created in this space and outside yeah. of the space and CryptoPunks as well you know everybody knows about them and, and they have created something amazing in lots of ways but projects like yeah, what I've done is is very 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 different in the sense that um, there's a lot of layers to it, and these layers you will never appreciate if you just spend two seconds in OpenSea looking at the yeah. thumbnail. And I'm I'm well aware that um, most people don't fully grasp that, and you know I I, I have been trying to clarify yeah. it as much as I can, but it's it's yeah it's just tricky. As I was saying before, you need a dictionary sometimes to clarify yeah. all the terms and then explain why what is why is what the way it is etc and then then that's tricky the tricky endeavor but yeah i'm, I'm I, I i've been around for a while i'm not going anywhere so i'll continue explaining these things and continue um building for unraveling and then later on as well other things awesome so, so i i i got a just a couple more quick questions for you. Yeah, um, yeah. The first one is: Are you so? Have you launched the second half of your series, or have you started talking about the second half of your series? Do you know it's that's going to be? Is that public information? Or are you kind of holding off on that? Uh, I haven't explicit, explicitly said anything, um, just because I, feel, <laughs> I have such a backlog of things now. I've said. <laughs> I for, for the for the first two projects I want to focus on right. getting right. those done. Um, I mean, I can say that so the third project will be written in Solidity, um, okay. in the in the same way uh, like Soul Seedlings or uh, Hideki Cipher, I guess, would be written. Nice. Uh, so it's it's not going to be um, so like uh, Consensus Heartbeats was written in JavaScript, like uh, all art blocks. Uh, um, pieces pro- projects are yeah so yeah the third one will be pure solidity fourth one will be also pure solidity uh, but there will be there will be a big difference between them in some ways so with the with the last project I want to do something that's um, very wild I don't know how some possible fireworks. It, yeah I don't know how possible it is to do it I'm incredibly excited about doing it uh, but it will yeah. take a it will take some time before I'm done with the last one in terms of um, 
yeah, in terms of getting the technical details down. But if it all works out the way I have it planned, it's going to be amazing, I think. Awesome. And, and my second question was marketing aspect of this. How are you approaching that? Are you just kind of letting people find out about it? Or are you actually aggressively trying to market your, your pieces in your work? Or are you waiting? And then, you know, how, how are you approaching that? Uh, it's mostly word to mouth in terms of uh, people approaching me. So, for example, like you guys, there's lots of people who've been approaching me or have approached me um, asking about this project who might have explained uh, these more intricate details. But I think having uh, a podcast like this is, for example, very good because you're able to ask me a question when you're not sure about when I explain a particular aspect of the project. And I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of other people uh, like you. the same who, thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that's, you know, that's very useful. Um, generally, yeah, apart from that, uh, if you have any tips on marketing, I'm willing to listen. I, I've not, I mean, the marketing I've done is writing very concise and elaborate um, blog posts. And Twitter, uh, <laughs> yeah. Twitter threads about the project to make it clear what it is about. Um, it's, right. it's you know it's 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 not like a PFP project where uh, you, um, <laughs> you get a big yeah. influencer to post yeah, exactly, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just exactly. Through it. <laughs> okay, Flurs what now? Them. Let's, uh, yeah, we, yeah we, we, we what now? Yeah. <laughs> we bought because exactly, you told yeah, us to. Now what? Win other, win other, win stuff. <laughs> This is yeah. very, very different from that. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's funny. You, yeah, you can yeah. do that. Just, I mean, I mean, P... Yeah. It's a different are, animal. Yeah, PFPs yeah. are community-based. Um, I feel like they have, like, the good projects build strong yeah. communities, and that's what the benefit of holding a PFP is. That's the, the marketing aspect there, but, like, it, I think for generative art, I think the artwork just kind of, like, speaks for itself. Like, it's a lot of exactly. projects are, you know, there's a lot of them out there, um, and the ones that you know stand out are the ones that you know do well so like it's i think it's more of the fact that the you know the technical aspect and other people coming in that are also um a little bit I more mean, experienced or or know a lot more about like the whole on-chain in-chain type situation are coming yeah. in and saying like oh these are actually very technically sound you know that kind of gives more price value and i think it's it, it really is more about I mean, personally, I think it's more about the art collection and almost it is more like the traditional art style where like it's like I don't really, you know, I'm not going to I don't think I'm going to sell my Void Attractor, like, at least the red yeah. one. I, I really like that one. It's just more of like a collection piece for me. Um, So yeah. like it's it's um, and I think that's a little bit different with the generative art pieces. Yeah. So a thing that's commonly said and obviously um it sets for a reason is that you should only buy it if you enjoy it. If you, yes. if you think, if you think, okay, I can see myself purchasing this item and I would, uh, I'm happy holding this even if, if it's value. It goes to zero. zero. Yeah. yeah. So there, you know, there, there, that, that's a, that's well-intentioned advice and it's great advice. Obviously it would be very um, disingenuous and foolish to think that, People who purchase any type yeah, of generative yeah. art piece uh, purchase it simply because of that. They purchase it, I think, in a large degree because of speculation, yeah. and that you know, I, I, uh, it, it doesn't matter what I think about it morally. That's just part of the space. And going against it or saying this is wrong is like imposing your uh, your uh, opinion about how the space has been in the last uh, 12 years now. And it's not going to change anytime soon in that aspect either. So yeah. I think, and this is one of the things I haven't really mentioned this uh, conversation we had, but this is actually one of the big things that I'm also trying to do with unraveling, which is uh, basically embrace that and say, okay, I know you guys are going to try and buy and flip these. How can I make that itself part of the art experience in a way? Yeah, um, sure. and, and so one, and this is how it ties back to the reconstructor thing because uh, it's basically, a, you know, it's an open question to, to the community. Are they going to 
try and resell the ones that have um, that do not have a reconstructor minted for more, or are they going to try and sell the ones that uh, have them minted for more because they are on chain? And you know, these are type of things you can ask with this within this uh, space and on this medium that you just, I mean, you just never have been able to really ask them in this particular yep. way. Yep. And I think it's quite exciting. Other than being in a gallery, right, and talking to the artists, you know, exactly, one -on -one, yeah, exactly. You know? And I think this is one of the best things about this space is that now I can communicate you, uh, communicate with you, almost around globally. the clock, yeah, yeah, globally, no matter what about your work, and you can explain it to me in so many mediums, either text or voice or streaming, and and I mean that is just amazing. So it's like your virtual gallery is literally a metaverse, <laughs> right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. It's yeah. a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, uh, but, it definitely lends to the artists to be able to expand their reach globally, and I think that's the best part of NFTs. It's just like if you were a local artist, you know, you have your your town maybe and maybe a little bit larger than that as a as a possible um person of interest or person or collector where now you can literally be anywhere in the world and you know i think that definitely increases the value of your art piece because everyone can see them and art is you know valued as the beholder so um yeah very interesting stuff hey cypher i got a quick question before we get out of here um I always like to ask creators, you know, what's something that um, they didn't plan for that definitely was either a road bump, something went wrong, or, you know, threw a wrench in the plans. Um, I know you could plan for so much, but there's always something that uh, doesn't go as planned. Was there something for the uh, Void Attractors like that? Um, for, for Void Attractors, I think the main bump happened after the launch in the sense of... Um, <laughs> having difficulties explaining everything in a way that people actually understood just because it's I, I appreciate it's just so convoluted and, and and yeah annoying to fully grasp um that that was mostly a communication issue that i i've had stumbled on i didn't appreciate beforehand and i now fully appreciate with consensus heartbeats and there have been some yeah technical challenges along the way um, that I had to resolve mostly to do with uh, sound, getting sound to work nicely. I mean, most of these are related to me not being experienced uh, with, uh, with web development really that much. Because it's one thing to write code that works locally on your machine. It's a very different thing to get it to play nice with OpenSea. <laughs> And get yeah, OpenSea just always works so well. <laughs> and get all the data to be displayed nicely and get all the information rendered the way it should be rendered and a bunch of other things. So that, that's been quite a, quite a steep learning curve for me. Um, but now, now I feel I, I, I get that and it's going to be a lot easier moving forward from that perspective. Well, even but with OpenSea, it's like... Yeah. Um, you know, even if you do everything right on your end, it might still not be right on their end. So, yeah, so yeah, you need to do a lot of cross testing. So, you know, and that's something I've learned now for the next project. But then the next project is going to be within Solidity anyway. So, that's also, I, I basically don't know how big the can of worms I'm about to open is. Um, so, we'll see how that would pan out. Awesome. Hey, so. <laughs> Yeah, I got one last question. I promise this is the last one. Yeah, no, no <laughs> but no, I mean, this is so interesting, man. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people need to hear this stuff because, you know, we I'm a lay person and I'll speak for lay people uh, don't really grasp everything. Right. Um, when yeah. it comes to generative art and on-chain art. And I, I think more and more of these conversations need to be had. And then, you know, people can start to understand and appreciate the value in it. But my question was going to be. In in art, like this is like I I feel real art, uh, and it's on chain, it's digital, right? In in a different form than than we've been familiar with, like in in different periods of time. Like I'm a um I try to study art. I'm no no art no MFA, don't have it. <laughs> but I know that they have movements in art, and I view this as a particular movement in art, 
that's going to be like avant-garde, you know, maybe five, 10 mm -hmm. years from now. But mm -hmm. in those movements, like they had groups of artists, smart artists come together and like, you know, really communicate, talk and push at the envelope style of art yeah. forward, right? So I'm just yeah. wondering, like, are you connected with other people in the space that are doing this or is it, all right, because I feel like a lot of people work in silos right now mm -hmm. because there, it's just, there's, there's, there's too much going on, right? You have to manage a community, you have to manage, you know, the artwork itself. Um, yeah. But but how do you do that? How do you view that? It's, yeah, it's it's really tricky. So I think I can say that uh, one thing I definitely did not appreciate before I actually launched is um, how much time it takes to manage a Discord community. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 really quite quite a challenge and this soak up quite some of your time. Uh but when it comes to connecting with other artists, um I think it depends a lot on on several factors. So one of them is whether you know if you're somebody who has a very clear vision for a particular project in terms of what you would like to do, um then it doesn't make sense to team up with somebody if you know you can do it alone and you're you you want to just execute in that vision and get it done. If you have um, a project where, um, let's say that you're not fully certain about how to do a particular thing and then you'd like to uh, get somebody else's feedback, then you can team up with somebody to, um, uh, to, 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 to like combine your expertise, let's say, in whatever, you know, whatever element or aspect that is. Um, so I've been mostly in contact with a guy called uh, EDG. I actually don't know how you pronounce that, Edge. Um, so he, he's, uh, he's also a very, very talented, um, uh, very talented artist. And he, so he is really good with coding as well. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen his stuff. It's, uh, he's an alien codex, uh, uh yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen those. I like those a lot. Yeah, so you know that that work is technically a lot more sophisticated than a lot of things that exists in this space, and uh, it's yeah, it's just amazing to see. Um, so he, I've been yeah mostly interacting with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have like you know previously chatted to other people where, where when I needed help uh, on on a particular thing. Uh, but I think it, yeah, I think it really depends on 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 what your uh, like what your sort of focus is. So for me, for example, specifically with unraveling, right? I have a very clear vision that I want to do, and mm -hmm. I, I I know that uh, I can execute in that vision alone. Maybe I will need help, more help in with the last project, and if I will, uh, there will be people who who I will contact and get help from. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I wasn't necessarily speaking from the help perspective as much yeah. as our teaming up perspective, as much as the getting in a room and looking at your works and then fighting and and you know coming to different conclusions and 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 oh. saying like oh we need to push this way because you know a lot of artists did that you know hmm. I can't I can't tell you who <laughs> I know I've just heard it like you know I think we're yeah. still in that ur early you know burgeoning phase yeah. where it's still starting and and uh we'll probably see that in the future for sure yeah we have we have to man I, I think but I mean this is something that it's gonna I feel like progress to to where sure. you know people are talking about these in MFA classes and saying mm. studying this era of art and yeah, particular sure. artists that are particular coder artists that have come out of it but uh, yeah. that's that's awesome, man. I I just wanted to <laughs> ask that question. So I I fully agree that um. So for me, a big part of why I think it's, it's such an exciting time here, in this space is because, you know, there is this technological development that we had, which is um blockchain technology or distributed ledger technology, and then you have um the ERC seven two contract type on Ethereum, and these two are, you know, they're contextualized within how the crypto space is, and we all know it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and that just provides a very fruitful uh, ground for creating something novel, artistically speaking. And um, because of that, 
you can really start to question how um, how let me think how to phrase this what the interaction between the art and the artist and the people who consume that art is yeah what it means for something to be an art project is it just a visual experience or just a tactile or audio experience or is it the the emotions you will feel half a year later when your piece goes to zero as we were talking about before or when your piece is 10 10 next um you know is is that part of the art itself or not i i think it is and i think you can i think um, that's you know that's a way of um there's never been the combination of financial and cultural um Inner, you know, there's ne- that's never been a, an like overlapping experience. So I feel like that's uh, a yeah. Really it's cool it's never well. it's never it's never been so explicit. You've always been able yeah. to do this in some ways, but here it's, it's yeah, really exactly. so it's so it's so integral to the space as a whole. Where you know it's it's art, but it's art on a on a financial well, not not financial necessarily yeah. yeah, not 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 necessarily financial, but it, it, you know that 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 element of of um finance it's viewed right now as a financial service not as a exactly, data yeah, exactly. enclosure you know it's it's exactly yeah it's it's integral well, and it's difficult to disentangle them and i think it's naive as well to expect that people will not think of it that way yeah for sure yeah it's definitely a movement yeah. awesome man well, i really appreciate well, yeah. you coming on our yeah. uh our podcast yeah, we uh really enjoyed it um, yeah it was great thanks for yeah thanks cypher i enjoyed it as well um, everyone, don't forget to follow um, Unraveling underscore XYZ on Twitter. Also, Cypher's Twitter is Cypher underscore SEQ. Um, we appreciate you taking the time, man, coming all the way from the uh, UK. No worries. I'm in Thank you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, but if you guys have nothing else, we will catch you next episode. And we thank Cypher for coming through. Thank you. See you guys. See you. See you later, man. Great, man. Good job.